Welcome to Room for Growth, a Willow Tree podcast about growth marketing hosted by Billy Lowen and me, Billy Fisher. Whether you're an industry expert or just getting started, there's plenty of room to grow. Share this episode with your favorite coworker, follow us wherever you enjoy podcasts, and reach out if you'd like to join the show. You ready, Billy? I'm ready, Billy. Let's go. Let's f***ing grow. All right. Welcome to Room for Growth. Hey, everybody. Today, we are kicking off a new segment, Billy, the most frequently asked questions. You and I have the opportunity to talk to clients and kind of discovery meetings, late stage meetings where there's a lot of detail been on the table. And we were talking, there's a lot of stuff that we hear over and over and over again. And it's just funny whether we're in a media industry, a retail industry, or B2B, we kind of get the same types of questions. So we thought it would be helpful to unpack those a little bit. So you ready to go today? Yeah, I'm really curious when we decided to do this segment, most frequently asked questions just to get our answers to some of the things that we talk about time and time again. I'm curious what you thought was the most frequently asked question, because I know what I think was the most frequently asked question. We might as well start with the most frequently asked question. Exactly. Of the mostest. On our most frequently asked questions segment. Yeah. So yeah, I'm curious if we thought of the same thing. Yeah. So I think it's been, especially lately, this is over the last year, but man, exaggerated most recently to where every single client introduction that we've been in, we're getting some questions around order of, I guess I'll say order of events in terms of platform selection. Mm -hmm. And I think I don't blame clients for asking this because the market is very cluttered. Some platforms, we've talked about this before, do say they do the same thing as other platforms. And so we're getting all these questions specifically when it comes to CDP and other platforms, engagement platforms, messaging platforms of, do I need the CDP first? Do I even need the CDP or should we start with CRM? And that sort of kind of order of events and necessity. What do you think? Yeah, 100%. I was going to agree with you. I think maybe it's just the intersection that we're at between marketing technology and product. And we might just be lucky that we get to interact with so many marketing and IT professionals who are answering this question. But constantly asked if you are creating a growth stack from scratch or you're doing a big digital transformation initiative to update your growth stack or to think about adding new capabilities to it, what do you do first? What is the order of operations And what do we recommend? Yeah. And this is a fun question because in my mind, there is a right answer. And then there's a whole bunch of other potentially right answers. Okay. I'm surprised to hear you say there's a right answer. It's not an, it all depends. So with that, if somebody's out there and they're, this is especially relevant when somebody's like starting Mm -hmm. a full digital transformation and they're like just kind of starting from scratch, which um, surprisingly is a, a lot of clients we talk with. What's the right answer? Should we start with CDP or can we wait for that and do something else? What is the right answer? Well, before we get into that, I want to congratulate anybody who's grappling with that question for making what I think is almost always one right decision, at least, which the decision you have to make before you decide which platforms should we implement and in which order to reach our user experience goals or our marketing goals or product goals. You first have to decide, are we going to pick one suite of tools that all work together? Or are we going to pick a combination of best-in-class providers that work well together to ultimately make up our growth stack? 
So first of all, if you are an executive who's made the decision to avoid sort of a sweet product where it's an all-in-one solution that does everything, there are times where that's our recommendation, but it's much more rare that we try to tie clients into having to use exactly one product that's really difficult to configure. So I think, first of all, just the fact that many of our clients are choosing to go what we call a best-in-class stack route, meaning you pick the best-in-class tool for your business needs from a variety of categories, and then you bring them all together so they function as one stack. First of all, great first choice. Almost always in the long run, that's going to have the best ROI and the best capabilities for your business. So there's that. But okay, to the point around tools. I think there's two answers here, Billy. There's the right answer, which is if you are the client who wants to start your digital transformation initiative on January 1st, and you want to do it exactly the right way, and you want to avoid rework, and you want to sort of like eat your vegetables first. So you want to do hard work up front to make sure you've got this like nice holistic plan, and everything sort of falls in order, and you reduce engineering time. The right answer is you start with CDP. Start with a CDP. And the challenge that I think some, the observation that I've seen where clients tend to struggle with that a little bit is it one slows down potentially some of the the fun activities, the messaging stuff. And it also is a bit more complicated and to do that. Yes. Is that right? Well, so stop naysaying before I even, you know, sell our fans on why it's the best way. You're totally right. There's a ton of nuance here. But the reason why generally, if we have the luxury and flexibility to say, start with CDP first, it does a couple of things for your business. One, you are going to have to spend a pretty good chunk of time getting the health of your data in order. Because first and foremost, you're going to have to think about current and future state. What data do you own? And what data are you going to want to leverage in the future? And where is it going to come from? So starting with a CDP means you're going to visit your data strategy holistically early. And you're going to spend quite a bit of upfront time. We are likely going to audit your event taxonomy, which is extremely important to your automation initiatives, to how you trigger messages, to how you ensure you're getting the right message to the right people at the right time. We're going to audit how you are capturing customer data and bringing it in. So we're going to look at things like your point of sale system. How are you getting your transactional data or your data around individual items that somebody purchased matched to their customer profile? And then how are you going to capture their name and their email address and their phone number? How are you going to bring all those elements into one? So CDP is the right answer because it forces you to think holistically about your data strategy and have a really organized approach. It's also the right answer because if you can implement a CDP first and integrate everything else that you do through your CDP, it's going to reduce engineering time. It is going to make sure that you have a good source of truth. It's going to be clean and organized. So for anybody who likes kind of the like Marie Kondo method of simple (laughs) and clean and organized, that's how I think about and visualize what it means to start with CDP first. It's sort of like purge and cleanse your home of everything you don't need. Be really thoughtful about and intentional about your living environment and then like set yourself up for beautiful success. Okay. But then Billy, you just asked an interesting question. So now I'll let you naysay. Now that I've explained, here's why you start with CDP. Well, well, yeah. I mean, and like you using house analogy, I was thinking like I'm building a house right now with, with my wife and there was all these things that like I didn't really want to pay for now, but they were saying, Hey, do you ever think you'll finish your basement and want a bathroom in the basement? I'm like, I don't know, maybe one day. And they're like, you should rough that in now 
because it will cost you a lot more money to do it later. And yes. uh, so there's a, it's kind of this, you know, what are the things that are easy to do while you're building from the ground up literally? And what will be more expensive if you just do it later? And so having that long-term vision is certainly important. So as you're talking, I'm thinking before somebody even makes this decision, they should probably do a little bit of work. And a lot of our clients usually have a lot, really, what are we after? Is it delivering this really exceptional experience to our clients, our customers? Yeah. Are we trying to develop a one-to-one strategy? Like what's the long-term goal? Yeah. What are our personalization use cases? For instance, what do we want to personalize against? What do our users really care about? What types of decisions are they making that cause them to choose our brand? And how do we really bring that into how we message them? Like some of this is the Amazon use case. The only reason people continue to go back to Amazon is Amazon reminds you, here's what you purchased in the past and why you might be interested in it again. If Amazon wasn't able to do that, if they weren't able to understand what you had browsed in the past and then make recommendations to you based on that, their emails would be significantly less compelling. So yeah, yeah. You're, and you're exactly right. In a CDP, what you're trying to do is avoid paying a lot of money later on for custom integrations or for data sources, because if you can have more of a flip the switch out of the box integration through a CDP, it's going to sincerely reduce costs. But to your point about a home, I mean, the basic elements of a growth stack are typically customer data platform. You're going to need some kind of customer engagement platform. So that for us is like own channel. It's typically email push, in-app message, SMS. You want some measurements. You're going to need some kind of analytics platform. You might need deep linking. You might need geo-targeting. There's a few other elements they might consider, but that's pretty much the core. Mm -hmm. So I think the other decision here is like to bring it back to the house analogy. If you are not living in a house currently, <laughs> so for example, you have you are homeless and you have nowhere to live, it may not matter to you to have the whole home built before you move in. You might need right. to move in fast. Right. And that analogy, I think, makes sense for people who don't have email, don't have push, don't have SMS, don't have a way of engaging with their customers. They may not have the wiggle room to wait to have the basement built out yeah. before they start using the upstairs kitchen. Yeah, we've done this a few times for clients where it's, hey, our uh, maybe they have it, but their email strategy is really outdated and speed to market velocity is really important. So it's, okay, let's stand up Braze as fast as we can. And within a really short period of time, you know, leapfrog a few steps of improving a messaging platform. Yeah. So I was going to ask, like, what about the clients where speed to market mm-hmm. is just critical is that where you can start with a, a platform like Braze or uh, maybe your goal is great analytics? And so you start with a platform like Amplitude and, and just kind of don't worry about as much of the foundational stuff because you have a really immediate need uh, that's specific to one of those platforms. Yeah, 100%. So first and foremost, building the muscle to have really good email push, in-app messaging, SMS There is a lot of effort, people, process, creative strategy that has to go into getting those assets developed, understanding the touch points, creating the HTML for them. There is a lot of benefit to starting in your customer engagement platform. It could be Braze. There are lots of others on the market. Of course, we talk a lot about Braze because generally when we get to make the choice of which technology we work in for our clients, we almost always choose Braze because it's really fun. It's it's, one of the most advanced 
customer engagement platforms on the market right now and their automation and personalization capabilities are pretty unmatched by anything else we see. But it could be Marketo, it could be a HubSpot, it could be, you know, all kinds of tools in market. Sure. You may choose to make that choice first because you want to start really flexing that muscle around getting your marketing teams executing these types of messages. There's a lot of upfront work just to get the assets developed. And then even once you start sending these messages out, there's a lot of work to do around your audience segmentation. Even before that, you have to do IP warming. So these are not small undertakings. It's not as if you just go from zero to sending great messaging. You have to get all your control messages out the door, understand your baseline metrics, um, start to segment in better ways so that you can control the performance of your message and test them over time and start improving. That's generally, even if you're really fast, somewhere in the range of six months to a year of work for the size of clients that we generally work with. So sometimes that is a smart choice. Start with Braze or another customer engagement platform. Start getting messages to market it. That's really where the ROI is too. That's how you start to drive sales. That's how you start to drive improvement in your baseline metrics. Yeah, A CDP has ROI in and of itself, but it's calculated really differently. Well, and it's one of the reasons why... You know, we do work with suite-based platforms all the time. And in those particular cases, our clients have decided to invest and partner with one platform. And in many cases, it m- makes a lot of sense for them to leverage that platform's other tools as uh, it's more financially beneficial and it, it, it makes some of the integrations faster. But one of the reasons we tend to, I guess, kind of, you know, our lean is always best in breed, best in class approach. It's because even if you start with Braze and or a platform, a best in class platform like that, and you want to integrate a CDP later, that's kind of their approach. Yeah. They tend to uh, be to play play nicely with uh, integrations, and so sure, it's a little bit of rework, but it's most certainly not impossible or a, a crazy effort that requires a, a mass amount of rework, yeah. right? The thing that is really hard, though, say you start with your customer engagement platform, but then you want to be able to try different things. You want to be able to build trying to think of an example of this that's a little better than the one that's in my head. But I'm thinking, say you want to try geolocation. You want to add a geolocation ping to your email. That's not a great example because Braze has that feature built into it Mm -hmm. in some ways. But And you want to try different providers. Or we hear this a lot with analytics platforms like, hey, we want to try a couple of providers and see which one fits our use cases better or see which one handles our load testing better. That's going to be harder to do when you don't have a customer data platform in place. When you have a customer data platform in place, you can bring on new platforms. You can try them. You can figure out which one you like. Or you can put a whole bunch of invested time into using one platform and then decide you've outgrown it down the road and you can swap it much more easily. That's going to be harder to do if you start customer engagement platform. But to your point, you can always come back. You can always do the CDP later you're just going to have to expect that there's going to be some rework there. Some of the major forms of rework that you have to do are around like identity resolution. It's a totally different strategy to do identity resolution through a customer data platform than it is to do it through your customer engagement platform or your CRM. A CDP is just much more robust. That's one area. The other areas that there might be some rework is around how you take your event taxonomy. One thing I find that happens when you start customer engagement platform first is you don't take all of the time that might go into the data strategy for something more robust like a CDP. So there might be some additional tagging that has to happen on site. And then any custom APIs that you develop to move data from source to destination, 
anything that you develop specific to your customer engagement platform that isn't going to be necessary in a CDP, that's just all work that ends up kind of going down the drain. It's not an unfathomable amount of work. It often can be outweighed by the benefits of just having messages in marketing and the impact that those messages drive on conversion goals. But again, it's always good to even, you know, so many people and so many of our clients get really intimidated by trying to figure out the ROI of these platforms. Our recommendation is start on the back of a napkin. Don't overthink it. Think about people, hours, and how much you spend per hour of time in a basic kind of ballpark way. You don't have to get it perfect. And usually, even if you're calculating the ROI of something like messaging improvements in a really humble, modest way, start with what a 1% improvement or 2% might look like, and then calculate you know, the cost of maintaining these systems, the cost of adding to them through engineering time. That's usually enough to see a pretty clear right. picture. Yeah, I was going to actually ask, you know, it's so easy to jump forward and get into, you know, CRM or CDP and and all these platforms. It's almost overwhelming. So as you were just saying, like before you get too far down that road, back up, even if it's on the back of a napkin or just in a Word doc or an Apple Notes doc, figuring out really what is the core thing you're trying to accomplish and what's that North Star that you're really after or what are a set of North Stars that are really key to your business that you're trying to change. And I think too many of our, it's so easy to get excited about all these tools, but too many folks skip that core process of of what we're they're truly trying to accomplish. Any other tips there before we wrap in terms of places to start before you get too wrapped up into technology decisions? Yeah, I think a few things. I mean, one, what we didn't talk about is when to start with a product analytics platform. I think especially Amplitude, now that they've added a CDP to one of their capabilities in the tool itself, there are lots of merits to starting just with good measurement, especially with some of our clients who are generally like a bigger name brand, but they're launching a smaller subsidiary brand um, and a new product. Starting with measurement is a really smart place to start as far as eating your vegetables, never a bad idea. So if you can have really strong analytics and not just Google analytics, but product analytics through a platform like Amplitude or Mixpanel, always a wise decision. And I feel like so many of our clients save that for phase two. I understand why they do that, but it's one of those critical muscles that we talked about. So that's one of my thoughts. Don't underestimate the power of analytics. Don't be afraid to start there, especially if your initial audience is going to be pretty small. It can be a great choice. And then second, we hear this a lot. And it's such an interesting thing that we hear. People will say like, well, we don't want to buy a Ferrari if all we need is like a Honda. And that analogy is interesting to me in a couple of ways. Because on one hand, I would say, you know, sometimes a best-in-class stack isn't as costly as you think. The cost of something of some of these best in class providers actually tends to be significantly less, even when you have five or six tools, than buying one of the big brands with the all in suite. The price tag on something like a Salesforce marketing cloud is really hefty. And in my mind, sometimes that's paying for a Ferrari, not even quite getting something as reliable as a Honda. So if you don't have to pay a Ferrari price, but you can get it, is that a bad thing? Like, probably not. So I I get why people say that. But don't make assumptions about cost until you've actually like seen cost. And then I get the point about don't add all the bells and whistles that you don't need before you need them. 
but do think really thoughtfully about how you're going to scale and what you're going to need in a year because the cost of changing providers, especially if you don't have a CDP in place, but even if you do, particularly with your customer engagement platform, the cost of changing is very high. You put a ton of work into building out those platforms and the UI of them. So be mindful of how you're going to want to grow. That's awesome. Okay. Well, you know, to wrap it up, I think it would be interesting. We're going to have, I know we have scheduled someone from Braze to come join us on the podcast, someone from Amplitude to come join us on the podcast. I I might be interested in asking them some of these questions because I get, I bet they get it in the middle of sales cycles all the time of why, hey, we're planning on starting this way. Why should we include you in that that mix? So would certainly love to to hear it. And also, as we start this new segment, most frequently asked questions, would love to to hear from folks what people are curious about, what they love to hear us riff on. I've got a couple that I'm already thinking, like like even just like basics for some of our listeners who aren't in the weeds of this stuff, like what's the difference between a CRM and a CDP would be something that I'm thinking. Is anything else? All the acronyms. Well, one even so related to this conversation that we get all the time is what's the difference between segment and imparticle? Segment and imparticle are the two leading customer data platforms in market. There's many others. And people always want to understand what's the capability difference and what are the nuanced differences between those tools? Why should we pick one or the other? And I think we have a very clear answer to that. So that might be something we talk about in the future. So that's one for sure. And then this is just all very like tech focused. There's a ton of questions that we get around channel messaging, which channels to start with best practices around different channels, how to create good creative strategies. So I think we could lean into the creative side of messaging as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So seriously, we're getting some love on LinkedIn, on some of our LinkedIn posts from people I know. And so I encourage you Hit us up, comment in in LinkedIn and tell us what you're curious about or, or things that are rolling around. So let's get some crowd participation going on Room for Growth. So until then, thanks for listening and uh, cheers. Nice to see you all. Have a great week. Bye.